All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. Blow. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. DJ Nubis, new episode of the Hordes of Chaos, episode 72 on the Metal Town Radio podcast. Possibly, well definitely, DJ Neko's last uh, podcast until November most likely. Yeah. I'll be gone until November. She's <laughs> <laughs> like dancing. You don't know that song? What song? Gone till November? No. Well, it's by Wyclef Jean. You probably wouldn't know that. That's why I wouldn't know it. <laughs> it came out in uh, about 98, I think. Um, and he actually did play the HF Festival that year, so I don't know if you caught him. I know who he is. I don't think I It was, was a really big song in, in 98. That's why they ended. he ended up playing Wasn't the... Wasn't he... Me show my bell. I'll be gone till November. No, 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 no. no, no. Just, he was attached to some other. The Fuji's. Yes, mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> that's how I knew about it. Mm-hmm. So how are you? I'm good. I had a headache today, so I may not be my usual like. Well, I, I, I'm over mine, but like I'm still like just in this like z- zombie state. I was talking to my girlfriend this morning because she and I were gonna hang out tonight, and I'm like, I don't think I'd be fun. You know, she wanted to visit me before I, I left, and I'm like, I don't think I'd be fun, yeah, honestly. Like, we're all just like, well, you were working a lot yesterday, cleaning the porch and all that good stuff. And, and she even said, she's like, after I got up this morning to, like, help my kids, because her kids are do- doing um, summer, like, it's not summer school like you failed summer school, it's like... Because of all this, well, yeah, it's because of all the like online school stuff. They've got like this extended thing for the summer to kind of like keep them on track, and that's she enrolled her her um, youngest into it mainly because for reading and stuff, and just wanted to keep her engaged until September. Um, 
So she's like, yeah, I got up, I got her situated, and she's like, then I went back to bed. Today's like a go back to bed kind of day, and I'm like, you know what? It really is. Like, I couldn't get out of bed. I had a headache. Look, I'm scratching my head right now, like, to rub it out. But yeah, we've made things so much worse by blacking out the room, because, like, I mean, literally... There's, like, one little sliver of light at the very top. You, I don't, wake you up, don't know what time it is. I wake up, and I'm thinking it's probably, like, 8, and it's, like, 10 o'clock, right? I'm like, God damn. Well... I mean, they, they suggest that you do that to help keep your, your house cool, which we've done, like, major insulation. We've got the blackout curtains. Yeah, we've curtains. done a lot of things to change recently. It's helped a lot, though. I mean, we don't have a very large house, and um, we, we don't have central AC, so we rely on room air conditioners. And just doing little tweaks and insulation, it's really made... Like, a couple of weeks ago, we were dying like it was 80 degrees in the house and i'm like how is this possible we've got these two brand new units they shouldn't be sucking this bad the one is only two years old the other one's only a year old why is our house feeling like it's so of course neko the internet researcher looked up some things to help insulate the attic and then um insulate the actual units and then we added another unit that then we discovered there's an added filter on one of them that oh my gosh changed and i like looked at it like holy shit like he he had to wash it with dawn dish soap and and it was just it was and we didn't know it was there because there's another filter on the top but it was like at the bottom like as an extra filtering thing so now the house is actually very cool, yeah, especially upstairs. Yeah, upstairs is a major difference, uh, just is. Um, a lot to get to today. we got a lot of cool topics to talk about, some reviews for some movies. Um, there's like two movie reviews that are going to tie in with a particular actress we're going to talk about. Um TV stuff, uh, Unsolved Mysteries is back. Also, some iconic cars from TV shows. So we're going to get into some of that. Obviously, some new music as well. Uh, Neko's Pick of the Week in the Rock Block is coming up today, as usual. As usual. Usual. <laughs> usual. Um, this, tonight, we've talked about it before, Metal Mania. They do their shows on Wednesday evenings. They'll be on tonight doing their regular show. But then Friday... Uh, I've talked about this a little bit. Uh, Crypt and I got together, did our best of for the half year, uh, best metal albums that we liked. And um, so he's going to debut that on Metal Mania on Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern. So we'll be. Uh, we'll be catching that for sure. I love that you and Crypt have gotten to be such close friends. And, you know, it makes me. With me being gone for four months coming up, I know at least you know you have my family around, of course, but you have a lot of friends that are, and with Krypton Scully actually being in the same fucking state, like it was, we didn't even know that at first, and right. then we're, we're like, oh god, that's so great, like you guys will be able to hang out a little bit and not, like, I know it sucks when I'm gone, um, to a point, I know honestly you probably are happy that I'm not here nagging you all the time <laughs> but it's you know we don't have kids or anything and it, it does get lonely I'm sure every now and then you're like you just you kind of get into your routine you go to work you know well, that's a fine thing about me though like I was thinking about the other day is I'm not that bad being alone like I, I I've always managed to be okay I mean obviously if you go on 
months and years on end it can be very depressing but like for the most part for the time that you spend away like I'm, I'm quite fine with that like I mean after about the fourth or fifth month I'm like hmm she come on well that was that was it's always when it's unexpected like the first one the first trip I ever had I uh, was only supposed to be gone 45 days and then it turned into four months and that was where you're like it's really time for you to come home I'm like <laughs> right. I'm trying I'm trying we have a 19 day transit until we get to the port I'll be there I promise I'll be there for you. <laughs> but anyway, um, the one thing, though, that kind of keeps me going while I'm out there is that you keep this podcast rolling and you also, like, send me, you're like, here's the link and I'll listen to it while I'm in the shop and it kind of like... Yeah, I try to give you, you know, links to this stuff and then, of course, Big O and Dukes, I know you're a big fan of theirs and you listen to a lot of their podcasts. The only thing with Metalomania, and I, I don't know if there's a way you can convert it to audio only there is okay you might have to do that for me because i it's really hard to get on youtube um sometimes it'll let you go on there but like we have such a slow connection that streaming stuff is really it's yeah you wouldn't ideal but yeah there's ways to convert youtube vids to uh yeah, sending me, sending me a download is not as bad. It doesn't suck up as much bandwidth. I remember one time, because I was talking to the the ET, the tech on um, the ship, and he's explaining to me how it, like, all, we're all sharing, basically, a cell phone's worth of, of download speed. And I had, I didn't click no fast enough, and my fucking computer started doing updates. And I'm like, this is going to take forever. And I, I messaged you, I'm like... This started at 4 o'clock, and it is now 10 p.m., and my computer just finished doing the updates. Right. So I'm like, I turn updates off, like, uh, as soon as I get on the, on the ship Well, sometimes now. you can't avoid it. Like, sometimes you need the updates just to continue oh with whatever work you're doing. That's that's the worst part about it is when you actually have to have the updates. Anywho, we got a block of music coming up, and both Neko and I were contacted by a couple of bands um, ironically, uh, Neko had started using Instagram to kind of like start spreading the word about the Metal Town Radio podcast, and she generally gets a lot of feedback from a lot of bands. Somehow I don't, and I've been on there for years, but... I'm more active than you, though. Yeah, I but think. still, like, you can literally just post one thing. Like, you, when you first hit Instagram, all the metal bands that I were following, and you also followed, they just start, like, contacting you. Like, hey, check this out, doll. And I'm like... <laughs> What the fuck, dude? Like, I've been here forever. But, uh, yeah, so I had a band uh, from Belgium called Bleedskin. That, uh, it's a death metal band. They contacted me via email. Um, they only have one EP they released in 2018, so we're going to play a track for that. But they've been opening up for bands like um, Blood Red Throne, um, Sisters of Suffocation. Uh, what else did they have in here with that? Um... Sinister, Hakovitz, uh, bands like that. Uh, their inspirations come from bands like Behemoth, Dying Fetus, Abnormality, and Cannibal Corpse. So uh, it actually also features, I believe, two or three women in the band. Which I'm all for, girl power. Yeah. Uh, now you were contacted by a band from Denmark, and I'll let you explain a little bit about them. So I. You know, I always just kind of post random things on my Instagram, and I had posted our um, our in interview with Nomas last week, and this band uh, 
I'm hope I'm saying this right. It's Nord, right? Just Nord. Yeah. And um, the singer Bjarn, he contacted me, and I found him beyond interesting. First of all, he's got a great voice, and but he's also a chef, so his Instagram is nothing but like music and him singing, and then all these like really cool and beautiful food. Like you know how everybody's like, oh, I got my Instagram food. That's what his his feed is. Beautiful food and him like in really cool rock poses like uh, singing. And I actually I'd never heard of them, which is why I love Instagram and Facebook. And I, I, there's just so much good music out there. So I had never heard of them. He sent me their he's like, hey, if you're interested, you know, check us out. And as soon as I played it, like, I'm like, this is really kind of my vibe. And I told him that he sent me the MP3 of his music. The song is called The Run. And I was like, yeah, we're definitely going to play it on our podcast next week. So stay tuned because I really, really like this. And he's like, oh, thank you so much. So I that is the best thing about social media is stuff like this with all the negativity out on social media and all the like phoniness and all the people like I'm living my best life look at me driving my <laughs> Range Rover with all my money and st you know how fake some of that shit is this is the real stuff connecting with people meeting new bands and getting the word out and that's the best part that's one of the reasons I won't quit social media like I've kind of taken I don't want to say a sabbatical from Facebook but I've really tried to limit myself to only using messenger to contact like I just have messenger on my phone and then, like, once a week, I'll go through and scan through Facebook to see if there's anything I'm missing. Because I... Yeah, I'm constantly, like, stimpy. I'm always... Re like, today, Twitter was the worst thing I could go check out. And, of course, there was stuff in there. I'm just like, oh, the shiny red button. Oh, don't hit it! And then Ren's, like, telling me, don't do it on my shoulder. So like, Don't do it, stimpy! Yeah, so, like, I just... Like, yeah, just there are things you have to kind of just, like, not worry about and let it phase you because it's just the constant negativity and the issues. And this way, with this show and the things that we do for the bands, it's all for them and our love for the music and everything else. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to get into this first block. Like she, As Neko said, we have a song called The Run by Nord, but we're going to kick it off with Bleed Skin. This is called The Corpse Taker. Thank you. 
Crowd from Venus, a questionable band from Chile, and you are listening to Metal Paper Radio. Alright, DJ Anubis. DJ Nepo. Feeding her face yet again. <laughs> Metal Time Radio Podcast, episode 72 of the Hordes of Chaos. Alright. So a couple of topics to get to today. I wanted to say though, I forgot to mention it after we played our intro. I love the song "For Whom the Bell Tolls." It's like one of my most—it's oh, one of my most favorite songs ever. And then this cover was like true to the song, but still with its own little flair. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's a little flair. It's got its own little flair. I love stuff like 15 that. Pieces of flair. I I do have the recommended uh, pieces of flair. So the other day you. Uh, came to me and you were like what do you think are some iconic cars from tv shows yeah that was after we watched that movie right which we'll get to in a second but yeah i was kind of like browsing because i'm a i'm an article reader like he always thinks i'm just fucking around on my phone but usually i'm like reading articles and i found this article it was supposed to be like the most iconic tv show uh cars like most recognizable and whatever we were watching actually um starsky and hutch yeah and yeah. that's kind of what started the grand it torino, yeah. so the yeah their grand torino because it had that very like unique paint job and if you think back in the 70s it was like didn't all like cops have pretty cool cop cars like if they were detectives or whatever they had a very distinctive this is my detective car so that's kind of like where this all came to um well yeah you started bringing up the daytona from miami vice uh -huh. you know or actually you mentioned the ferrari testarossa that they ended up going to later but mm -hmm. Yeah, the Daytona car was the first one, the convertible, which, you know, was a little bit more iconic for me in that regard, but y'all said the Charger, General Lee from Dukes of Hazzard. The Batmobile. Yeah. Like... The TV show. You know, the old school shit. Because it, it was... It was a, um, 55 Lincoln that they convert... This is from you know, the 60s, that they converted to look like the Batmobile, like, with different kits and stuff. Um, the Trans Am kit from Knight Rider. Speaking of kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah we, we said the General Lee. Um, we were we said uh, the Gran Torino from Starsky and Hutch. They were also talking about the... Um, here it is, from Charlie's Angels, the Cobra... The A team, the GMC the, Vandura van, yep. It's very iconic. B A Baracus used to drive. I mean, we kind of started getting into some of like the other things, like you know, obviously like Airwolf has a helicopter um, and also. chips, chips with their with bikes. their bikes, yeah. Um, but those even weren't that I iconic, I don't think, because all of the cops in the show had the same bikes. They just happened to be. They just happened to be like. For the show, which is kind uh, of interesting. But there was a show called Riptide, and I had brought up their little helicopter they had. It was like a beaten down mm -hmm. old jalopy helicopter. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, like the Fall Guy had like some sort of pickup that he was driving. I don't know if it's really iconic, but it was always in the show. There's the Saint had his uh, um, 
what is this? It's a Volvo. Yeah. They updated that when they did the remake mm-hmm. or the movie with Val Kilmer, mm-hmm. which was one of the nicer Volvos they had at the time, which I really liked. So, yeah, there was a lot of cool vehicles that made it through, you know, certain TV shows over the years. And I think sometimes when you think iconic, like, you would recognize it immediately. And that's the way I kind of, like, you would recognize the original Batmobile. You would recognize the Gran Torino from Starsky and Hutch. You would recognize the General Lee. You would, you know what I mean? You would recognize all of these vehicles because you've seen them so much uh, on TV. Yeah, and I think that's sort of what separates a lot of things. Like, um, obviously when they did Dukes of Hazzard movies, you know, they brought the General Lee back there for that. And then, you know, the Batman movies had their own they style. They updated. That, I right. mean, because you got to think these those, Batman movies have been the, going for, what, 30 years now? Right. But, like, those, even as unique as they were, doesn't really compare to the original series. Because the original series, like, blew the doors down. I'm like, oh, wow, look at this machine they're driving. You know, like, it was just state-of-the-art back then. Well, think about all the crap that the original Batman had. They had the motorcycle with the sidecar that Batman and Robin rode in. They um, and then they got really creative in the first Batman with Michael Keaton with the uh, the Batwing and so these. I know these are like these are not the things that you'd see going down the street, you know, just in in day to day life. But that's what makes them iconic. They're fun. They're recognizable, and they actually the cars slash vehicles are almost like a tertiary character to the show. You're expecting the Dukes of Hazard to have the General Lee. Like, you're expecting... If the, if they came in one day and they didn't have the General Lee and it was just like some plain blue or plain orange vehicle, it would take away from the show, I think. You're like... That's their car. Same thing. Yeah, like, you, couldn't, you couldn't make that movie or show today just because... You know, the way our culture is, they're just so soft. I'm sorry I had to call it out. You're calling it out. Yeah, it's just, it's so soft. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I think, you know, a lot of... People, you know, people try to say, like, well, it shouldn't be on TV. But you have a choice to watch it or not watch it. So I, I get, like, the old days with the show where it was, like, very, you know... It was very, like, rooted, and Right, really rooted, and, and it was just a different time period. But you don't. You can still take something and make it more modern without, like, you know, worrying about oh, it's a symbol of something. It's, it's more than that. Really. In the movie, they kind of handled it really funny, right? Because they had, of course, they had the uh, the stars and bars, and the, the black lady was like, like, what the hell, <laughs> like, and everybody's like honking and like giving them the finger and giving them like a mean face, and they're like, great. Great. Right. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Hey, welcome. Nice you too. <laughs> so I do think they they did like. Hit. Well, yeah, you can have fun with it. Like it's not, you know, the movies themselves were not racially prejudiced in any way. So like that's the whole point. Like they were kind of laughing at themselves. And that's I think what, you know, that's what you want to do honestly. Right. Right. And it, and it, again But just, if you were going to make one a day, again, you don't have to make it like the show or anything else. You can still use the car, just, you know, do what you did with the movies and just make it lighthearted. Like 
Yeah, we have a Confederate flag on our car. Yeah, but, we're, we're you know, driving a giant racist We're good old boys. <laughs> yeah. you know, we hang with black people. You know, it's like... That's, that, was, that was what I... They did really... They, they made it like... I don't know. They, 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 like you said, they were kind of taking a stab at themselves, being like... Right. So, anyway. But, yeah, it's interesting just seeing the different vehicles over the period of years and, like, how it sounds. Like, I can't even think of any modern-day TV show that has any iconic cars. I mean, I'm sure there is, but I just can't really think of any. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can kind of think about, like, would be... Dexter, he had his boat, you mm. know, but it's just like kind of like a plain boat. It's you know, like you'd yeah, see. It's not the same. But yeah, I mean, I feel like especially in the seventies and eighties, like cars were, you know, you had the they were kind of like a symbol to the individual person. It was it was very, very into individual individualistic, and it was, you know, I mean, I enjoy a nice car myself, but. For me, a car is a car, and it takes me to and from places. DJ Anubis has a nice, very fancy Ford Fusion with all the bells and whistles and the Eco Boost and the Turbo Boost and the special, special, and he treats that thing better than he treats me. Thing gets a bath, like, twice a week, and he's cleaning it up, and oh, gets mad when I drive it because I mess with all the controls and stuff, but... That is kind of funny. She's like... I'm sorry I had to take your car's from What? What? <laughs> You're touching my car? Someone took off my mirror. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll let you I'll, I'll let stuff, you have a pass. Know, whatever. But I mean, know. some people like, like Anubis, he hasn't had a, a nice, brand new, fancy car in a long time. Now, my car is 10 years old, and I'll keep that car until it falls apart. I've had new cars, just not on that N- level. Not so. yet. Not as, this, this is a very nice car. Fancy schmancy, beautiful, shiny, and I know it's just a, a Ford Fusion, which is kind of like I don't, I don't. It's not, it's not like a, it's not like BMW a, or a Ferrari. <laughs> right. But they've they've loaded this Fusion up so much, like with the surround sound and all the bells and whistles, and you know they have the it has like such a nice um, turbo in it that like seriously when I drive the, my car. You have to floor it to get anywhere, and you have to slam on the brakes to make it stop. And these are with brand new brakes. His, I get in it, and I'm like barely tapping on the brakes. I'm like, whoa, whoa there, Nelly. So it, they, they've really upgraded these Fords recently. He had a, um, a Focus for 11 years, and that was like okay, but this is like, and I, I kind of like that even... Yeah, I should be able to take it to the tracks and you could. take on a Ferrari. You could. I mean, I feel like what they're trying to do with these like nice mid-level sedans, it's basically what you have because it's a four-door. They're really trying to uh, appease us old people because we're thinking back to when we were younger. You had some iconic cars yourself. Like, I mm, mean... Back old, way back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, back in your teenage years, you're... Uh, you you've said you had a, a golf, which I love. Yeah, the golf rabbit. Um, I've had a '76 uh, Camaro, or no, that was '79. Then I had a '76 Firebird. That was more iconic. That was a yellow and black. Her shifter, I think it was a 402 engine. That thing moved, boy. What <laughs> happened to that? Uh, I had a trade back for my Spectrum. Just a bunch of shit went down, so I didn't get the trade because i was doing a straight trade for whatever reason the person that 
had it, wanted a more family-oriented car, but shit didn't work out. Just ended up having to give it back. Um, yeah, so, but all that leads into a movie we watched. Um, we watched, like, a couple of uh, racing movies that night. Uh, uh, Days of Thunder and uh, Rush, but we kicked it off with Ford vs. Ferrari, which had gotten a lot of great reviews and uh, a lot of talk about it, which was pretty good. The James Mangold film had uh, my boy Christian Bale in it, Matt Damon. Uh, has a similar feel to Rush, but not quite. Uh, this was more about like the company of Ford trying to expand itself into racing outside of NASCAR and to take on uh, the Le Mans. Le Mans. What, no S. No, it's it's French. There's no S. You just you there's, pronounce there's Le Mans. There's an S in there. So. Okay, you say the S. <laughs> Le Mans. I'm going by the article. It just... No, it's you just don't pronounce it. It's French. You say Le Mans. Just, you just don't pronounce the S. Yeah, okay. You say it. She thinks she's fucking French expert here. I'm just saying. All right. So anyway, we me, get me, the me. point. Me. It's a 24-hour race, mm -hmm. and Ford wants to compete, and Christian Bale plays a racer who is pretty risque and pushes the limits, but Matt Damon knows him a long time, and Matt is like, what is he exactly, a designer? Um, he, he, uh... He plays Carroll Shelley. He had his own series of cars. Yeah, he was he was a driver, but the, he he had to stop racing. So they Ford hired him to like get this legendary automobile. They wanted something that would beat Ferrari. Like they were really sick and tired of of losing. So they wanted to get his expertise, and that's where. Um, well, basically, what happened was Ford was actually going to buy out Ferrari. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. And uh, Ferrari was thinking about it, and what ended up happening was another company came in at the last minute to uh, basically buy out Ferrari for more money, and so Ferrari kind of dicked over Ford and said that your cars are shit, and, you know, you won't win this or that, and that's sort of just reinvigorated the owner of Ford, uh, I think it was Henry Ford Jr. or something like that. He uh, got really pissed off about it all and said, you know what, how can we beat these guys? And of course, then the rest of the movie spends time how they're designing a car, losing the weight, getting the right drivers, um, even battling inner politics because a lot of the uh, big heads at Ford did not like Christian Bale's character because... He was not who was their ideal they, driver. Yeah, they didn't want him rep representing Ford. They they wanted like I guess more more of a straightforward family man. When he Ken was Ken Miles is his name. Yeah, Ken Captain. Miles was though. He had a wife and a son, and but he was just kind of like a little off the cuff and a little bit wild. And but that's what made him a great you know collaborator with. Shelby, like they had known each other, and he Shelby hired him to test out, and you know, as he would give Ken would give his uh, feedback on these vehicles, Shelby would like redesign it so that it would be a better vehicle. Yeah, there's uh, apparently it is based in fact, but towards the end, when you know, obviously Ford 
wins a race. Uh, you know, there's a moment where, again, the talking heads who are under Henry Ford are like, you know, we should probably have all three cars coming at the same time. Because at this point, they're all dominating. Ferrari they're all first, second, third right yeah, now. Yeah, Ferrari had broken down. and they were. I think they were all out of the race, all the Ferraris. Like, um, they had hit yeah, the side. Various yeah, various things going on. But, you know, here it is, Ken Miles. He was already breaking records all day on his own records. Even and, after, <laughs> like, he had a little bit of a, a an issue with his vehicle at the beginning, remember? And then yeah. he, he got back in and made up the laps that he missed. And then they were he, they were timing his laps. And every single lap, he was going faster and faster. And they're like, holy cow, this guy, this is, this is legit. Yeah, the reality is he could have even lapped his own guys and, like, won the race. But he slowed down because he wanted to be the... He wanted to be what Ford wanted him to be. And well, he thought it over. Like, basically, he was mad. Of course, uh, Shelby was mad because... You know, here it was this guy's making history on his own, and they've been battling against Miles the entire time. Here is Miles about ready to win the race for your company. So they said, "Well, it'd just be iconic to have all three come across." And finally, Miles is basically like, "Okay, I'll play ball." And he still ended up, you know, no, actually, what they happened? didn't they didn't tie because One the GT no the GT40 they said started further back. So technically, because they started further back in the line, even though they all crossed at the same time, they're saying that that person won. Um, I'm not, see, for me, I don't know enough about, like, the details, the details that, yeah. and how, like, you, you do points and stuff. But that was what basically happened, though. Even though all three of them crossed the line at the same time, because the GT40 had more uh, ground to cover, so to speak, and started further back, that made them the uh, winner. And I'm... <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. But, yeah, I... So, number one with this movie, clearly very much rooted in history and, and true stories. And I love stuff like that. I honestly do. I watch, you know... It's clearly a movie, but it, it, it's rooted in, in some... A lot of A lot of history. truth. And it was done very well, and it's a good movie. Like... You've got great actors, you've got a lot of... They, they take and really show the action, and, you know, at first, because I didn't know anything about it, like, I'm like, oh my god, something terrible is gonna happen, and blah blah blah, and... So, we'll see. If you want to watch it, you'll see. It was very iconic. Yeah. Good movie, check it out. Uh, certainly worth the uh, rental, if you're not got anything else going on. And here we're going to get back into some music, kicking off this next block, some brand new stuff from Carrie Unveil, Something Soulless.
Hi there, this is Pagan from Gothenburg, Sweden, and you are listening to Metal Tavern Radio. They're back! <laughs> DJ Nibis! And DJ Neko. Back with you, Hordes of Chaos. And We're Not the Only Ones back, Unsolved Mysteries is back as well. I've always liked Unsolved Mysteries, but, you know, we watch it, sometimes it's a little scary. Yeah, it gets a little creepy. Mainly because I think it just, it deals with a lot of real issues, like, you know, real These are real unsolved mysteries. Right. And apparently, since it's come back on Netflix, it's only got about... Six episodes. Yeah, six episodes or so. Um, but it's already started leading to some tips for old cold cases, which is always good. That was always the whole point of the show. So, yeah, the first episode was called Mystery on the Rooftop, and it dealt with the um, unusual disappearance and death of Ray Rivera, and he actually, this is actually a, a Baltimore case, and I remember hearing about this in the early 2000s, but, like, I never really paid attention to, you know, you just hear it in the news, and it was interesting to see some of the old um, investigative journalists who are in Baltimore who kind of are like, yeah, we, re- we really did a lot of investigating and never really thought all these stories stuck and blah, blah, blah. So, um, basically, this gentleman committed suicide, is what they're saying. Suicide. And he went through this tiny-ass hole in the roof, and they found him, like, days later in a, um unused room in the Belvedere Hotel. Now, again, we've got... You've got Reddit, the internet sleuths, all, like, popping up ideas. Some people think that it was some kind of elaborate game with the Freemasons that went bad because they found this note taped to the back of his computer that was, like, all kinds of Freemason lingo and stuff. And because the Freemasons are very secretive about their initiations and nobody really knows, like, kind of what goes on, they said it could be something like that. Um... Some other people, he, um, they think it might be a cover-up between the police and his friend, uh, Stansberry, who apparently he, uh, Stansberry ordered a, had a gag order with all of his employees when they were trying to question them. So those are the two theories about that case that are kind of floating around right now. I I kind of like the Freemason theory because he, he there are different Freemason like lodges around Maryland. It's actually a pretty big deal around here, and um, Stansberry was like a super uh, rich and he still is and super influential guy. And apparently. The lodge that he belonged to and he was trying to get Ray into was kind of like super elite, you know. I don't know. I'm just, I always am intrigued by the Freemasons. I'm trying to get Anubis to join the Freemasons so I know what the fuck is going on. I ask questions. She doesn't understand, though. If I join, she'll have to disappear. (laughs) And then they'll, they'll brainwash him and then he'll never tell me the truth. Right. So, but I'm hoping they, uh, they, uh, do an episode on, uh, Tiger King. We need to get down to the bottom We need Unsolved Mysteries on, uh, Carol Baskin's first husband. Right. 
episode two was called 13 Minutes, and it was about the disappearance of Patrice Andres, and she was a hairdresser, and 13 minutes like later, there was like a 13-minute window between when she had her last client and then when somebody noticed a car that eventually abducted her. And um, her body was found 70 miles away from the area where where her uh, salon was and everybody is kind of pointing like her uh, her husband Rob might have had something to do with it but again we don't know and I haven't done any of my own internet sleuthing but that was that was an interesting one too um, the next one was the oh the French DuPont de Lyonnais murder mystery oh, yeah. called The House of Terror where it's like he, like the whole family the whole died family the was disappeared was murdered and then the father just disappeared and they found the family including their dogs buried under the front porch and this is like a very well-known family there are there are rumors suggesting that there was like financial troubles. There yeah, it's are, pretty certain that they know the husband did it. The only thing is they haven't found his body, but they, they haven't found him. Assumed that he killed the family and then like went somewhere. Like he actually drove. Like he was seen on camera, and he actually went to an ATM. So like, it wasn't like he was trying to hide. He was just he had a head start because. Right. First, people didn't, like, they didn't know what happened to the family. And then what we're hearing is there was some contradictory, uh, not just from the TV show, but, like, the timeline in where they're, they said, well, the last time we saw the mother was on this day, but then there's other people who have come out and said, no, we've seen her later days. Like, there are contradictory timelines, so they're not 100% sure when he left. And as of 2015, someone sent a, a journalist a photograph of the two children and um, there was a writing on the back that says, I am still alive, signed uh, Xavier. So they don't know where he is. They, they have an idea he might be island hopping. He could be anywhere. He could have a whole different passport by now. Like, it's been many, many years. This was back in 2011, so he's got nine years of running on him. That one was just such a crazy story because, you know, you're thinking this very prominent family in this prominent area of France, and, you know, it seemed like the perfect family. Kids are in college and in, in private school, and then he kills everybody, including the dog. Like, yeah. Including the f fucking dogs. Yeah, the, it's just really, really bizarre. The next one is the one that's kind of like hit us a few times. It was called No Ride Home. The 23-year-old Alonzo Brooks never returned home after attending a party at a place where he's never been. He went with some friends, and he was um, half Mexican descent and half African American. And he, this was kind of like a rural place with a lot of racist white people and it's true because he had actually gotten into a fight that someone said because he was talking to a white girl yeah he was apparently and actually he was probably apparently being hit on by a white chick and they were getting along fine and all this other stuff but some other guys at the party were obviously offended by that or whatever and had confronted him about it but the, the thing that always drew me 
and I, and I'm not like the guys that he rode with. They all have their own guilt about it. I've seen it on the show on that episode. The I, one that was like his closest best friend. He w- he left, and this was not close to their he house. He actually got lost. He got lost, and he was almost home. Like he was thirty miles away from the party. So he called back to the party and said, "I'm just going home. I got lost." I'm almost home, and I can't believe I got lost. And they're like, "Can you take Alonzo home to the other guy?" And somehow they didn't. It just didn't get well. passed back to him. The so, in- but yeah, like once you know, Alonzo didn't show up back home. Calls start being made. All of a sudden, the, the odd thing is, and I think Nick and I have kind of agreed with this, is that you know the cops, the authorities are out there. They're looking for a body. They found like a tennis shoe and stuff like that. Uh, they walked quite a bit around the area of the place they were at. Like, it was almost like open farmland almost. But yeah, it was a very rural area. Then they, after like a week or so, they had to call it a day because they just couldn't find anything. And then the family and the friends aren't done, so they go back out there and they eventually end up finding the body now. This is the family and the friends with no search dogs, nothing, and they find the body... But we believe that it, it was probably moved there. In after plain the sight, right. it was like, like you walk a little ways from the farm, and there's the creek, and they're like the water was way too low, especially when they were searching both times. That it's not like the body would have been hidden or floated yeah, down. Yeah, dogs would have easily found that. You know, was, I just we we believe that the body was being held onto and then replaced after it was searched and everything. Which, now we do know um, the FBI has reinvestigated and reopened this case offering a $100,000 reward because they also believe that it was mysterious circumstances and they also believe because it was a lot of young people some people were underage drinking um, even though Alonzo was older um, they think that potentially something happened and they've all kept quiet over it out of fear of retaliation or just because they were afraid that they were going to get in trouble because it was an underage mostly party and they're hoping now that it's been what 13 years maybe oh no 16 years they're hoping now that most of these people are adults and possibly are not even living in that area anymore that somebody will come forward and and give more information or at least an account of who was there because even that's kind of um iffy the after this party the people who are renting the house were gone like they just disappeared and are not renting the house anymore so it's an interesting series to get back into like i said it's only six episodes right now but it looks like that netflix is going to be you know, continuing on with this because it seems to be a pretty good hit. It's getting a lot of good uh, talk. It's doing its job about bringing up you know cold cases that need to be relooked at and whatnot. So check it out. It's on Netflix if you got it. Um, and more somber news: uh, wife of John Travolta, Kelly Preston, recently passed away at 57. She was battling cancer. I think it was breast cancer, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And they they kept it really quiet. Um, I didn't even, nobody, they didn't kind of put it out there and say she's suffering from breast cancer. They were basically trying to keep it quiet. And uh, over the years, they kind of said um, she's just undergoing medical treatment, kind of keeping it a little, you know, privacy for the family because they are a very public family. They, um, you know, so it's really sad, you know, 
it's been I'm trying to think what year it was um, that their son Jet who he had severe epilepsy he died from a seizure and uh, now John Travolta he has his wife pass away from breast cancer and you know we really feel for the family it's just it's sad all along that was depressing god yeah yeah it's just bad like you know i know crip from lma i was talking about the same thing you know you grow up as young teens and young men and like you obviously you're watching movies and kelly preston was just like one of those semi-sex symbols that you grow up like you know falling in love with and of course you find out she gets married and it like ruins it but <laughs> you're like why would she marry john travolta who's another sex symbol right uh, it was pretty early, like 88, so, mm -hmm. you know, obviously one of my favorite movies with her is Spellbound, um, very underrated film, um, but she's been in, like, a shit ton of stuff, she even had, like, a, a cameo in, um, from Dust Till Dawn as a news anchor woman and stuff like that, so she's done a lot of the uh, old 80s Rat Pack movies, like, um, Mischief, um, stuff like that. Very good actress. Uh, it's a shame. It's really, 57 is way too young. Yeah. I mean, I'm 50 now, and I like, can't believe it. I mean, it is way... People are are living now so much older and living very uh, natural, high-quality lives. Because you think of the old grandma, that's not happening anymore. You're seeing grandmas who are in their 80s who are still hiking and having very vigorous lives because, you know just number one technology and medicine and they're able to stay connected with their families easier and believe me I mean this this is probably because of proximity but my girlfriend's um, my girlfriend lives right next door to her grandmother who is 90 and then her neighbor is in her 80s and I think you know just having a young family you know with young kids with these older people you're seeing them you know they live alone still but then they get visited, like, all the time by the younger people. Even, you know, I was over there one day, and she made a margarita for her 90-year-old grandmother. She's like, just make me a little one! So it's really nice to see, you know, you see people living and thriving for so long, and then you hear this really shitty breast cancer, stage 4 breast cancer, well, by the way. She was Jerry Maguire, too. Yes, she was. She was uh, his Fuck wife. me, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Must, but, well, you know, it goes back to what you were saying, uh, the Scientology, because that was Tom Cruise. Uh-huh. And Travolta, of mm -hmm. course. So, yeah, it was all that kind of weird stuff. And I, I do think, I mean, I, I'm not... Scientology is very interesting and very odd to me, but I also think part of the reason that they kept it quiet is because of Scientology. They kind of... They've kind of touched on things in these Scientology documentaries where, like, people being sick or whatever... It, it, I don't I don't know why and they've also like people have thought other people have died who belong to Scientology but they really haven't they've just been sent away to like another Scientology camp or whatever so I I do I do think you know maybe they kept it quiet for Scientology reasons I don't know well that but plus I, I, I'd be the same way though I, I wouldn't want to be broadcasting all that and like I respect that a lot for Travolta and them like just even now with her going like they just said you may not even hear from us for a while and I understand all that like I just it's a very private thing and you know 
at the end of the day, they're still human beings, and you have to treat them as such. Anywho, enough of the sadness. Let's get back to some music. Uh, this block, we got some new Kenzinger, Goblin's Blade, and we're going to kick it off with some new bullet belt, Punishment of God. No, it's not related. <laughs> <laughs>
y'all? This is Roger from No Moss. And also Ben from No Moss. Hey, Henry over here from No Moss. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Come get it. Get lit. Yeah, and John too. <laughs> All right, DJ Nibis. And DJ Neko. Back with you. New liner by No Monster. Appreciate those guys taking the time out to do that. Um, I loved having them over. It yeah. was, I mean... Great interview. Yeah. Those guys always do great stuff. They deliver. And what you were saying, what was really interesting was that they hadn't seen each other since March. Like, they would collaborate together, but, like you know, through I am and the internet or whatever, and they hadn't been together, like, because... Yeah, I think they could appreciate they were able to get out a little bit and get with each other and hang out again. Still maintaining social distancing and following the uh, 10 people or less rule, so we weren't we weren't doing anything bad. It's not like we had a big fucking house party and tore the place yeah, down. Yeah, we didn't have, like, a blow or anything. And we, you know, but it was the fun. Way, the way John got hurt, you might think we did. Right? <laughs> I mean, it was still fun, though. It was nice, you know. We had some pizza, had some wings, had some beers, had some other things, and then just, <laughs> you know, we, we rocked it. And I, you know... Anubis is very proud of his metal layer, and he's every day adding stickers or adding, you know, posters and different things. And, you know, what really sucks and what's kind of putting a kink on this is no concerts. We can't get any more stickers or posters or... or yeah, we've still been doing our part. We've been ordering, you know... That's true. Records, cassettes, and even, you know, when we order through... Like Gravehopper, I've gotten like a mask and some other things and stickers from them. Oh yeah, they've got a really, we've got a really good sticker that we ordered from them, that big one. Yeah. And um, you know, we what we're trying to support all the the local and and smaller bands that we can. Every time they they throw something up, I want to buy something. That's just how I am. So yeah, it's just fun when we do shows with them. They have a big following within Maryland, even outside of it a little bit. Uh, but every time we do a show with them, our numbers go up, which is always nice. Uh, they have a strong supporting fan base, and that's what you want. And I'll continue to push them as hard as I can, and NECA will too. It's Absolutely. Another just... um, news, though, we, we tend to torture ourselves by watching some bad reality TV occasionally. <laughs> You know, you know, we're we're only thirteen years late on this, but we decided to watch we fucking wa- Rock of Love. We watched just the first season. I have no desire to watch anymore. But the whole point was it was just boredom and then I grew up in the eighties, so yeah, obviously Hard and Hair Rock was part of my thing back then, so Poison was a band that I was into. Uh, I never got into Brett's like more country stuff that he started doing and all that other stuff, but uh I had known about the show Rock of Love and it was up there for the first season for us to check out, so we decided to see what kind of train wreck we were going to get into, and it didn't disappoint. Oh, no. Um, you know, basically, Brett's trying to find the love of his life at 40-something at this point, maybe 50, I don't know. He's probably a little older than me, but... Well, this was 2007, so you got to remember. still a bit older than me, 13 but... years ago. So 2007, you were 37, so he's it was probably in his 40s. Yeah, so, you know, basically, he's inviting these women there and, and here's where the thing is like obviously the girls we, we learned this about 
the Kardashians, the Ozzy Osbourne show, Gene Simmons, and all these that do these shows, some of this stuff is scripted. Like they'll they'll put in the best material that they record because they know it's going to drive up ratings. So with all the girls involved, some of them are really bad train wrecks. Some are not as bad, but at the end of the day, like you don't really know if this is really representing the person that they have up there. And I don't know what the case is. Lacey Skulls, the redhead. Uh, she was a fascinating character, but she was obviously the most evil of all the bunch in there. Uh, at least as far as the persona was concerned, you know, she was the one that was out to win for any cost, and of course she didn't, but... She was all about, uh, what's the right word? She was sneaky. Sneaky, (laughs) um... At least that's how they made her seem. And again, because we have no idea. We don't know Lacey. We weren't there, so... Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Obviously, as the show goes on, you learn that she's already had some experience in the music scene. Uh, She already had money, apparently, through her parents or whatever. Um, Yeah, she was trying to play this. I'm a broke musician, but her dad's like... Lacey has her own money. She it, lives off of her investments. Right. So, but, you know, I, I did a little bit so, searching on this because I was interested in what kind of material she was seeing because she did have a band called Halo. Uh, I don't know if she's still in that or not. She might be. She's now married to another gentleman from the same band, I believe. Uh, but she, her, uh, her music uh, chops and, you know, goes back to 99, really. And she was in a band called Nocturne then. And she also did some singing for Lords of Acid uh, for a little while. So I found that interesting because, of course, I go back to the early, mid-90s listening to uh, the Crab Louse and shit like Mm -hmm. that. Um, But she also, apparently, during that time, it opened up for bands like Ministry, Jenna Torturers, who we've seen before. Mm -hmm. So it all kind of fits into that, and I listening to some of the tracks it's not like the best music in the world like i can see why there's some struggles there because the songwriting doesn't really she actually has a pretty decent voice but songwriting wise it's not really where you want it to be uh her newer stuff the halo stuff i checked out it's definitely mainstream it's more along like evanescence and stuff like that Mm Uh, yeah, Lacey was even saying because I because I became obsessed with uh, Rock of Love. I started like we started like Googling. where are they now yeah. and stuff. And Lacey even said like they purposely there was a couple of parts where they had to sing and Lacey was like fooling around on the drums and stuff. And she's like they purposely like untuned my voice while we were singing uh, during that singing challenge. I'm like. I can believe that. And then there was other parts of the show where, like, other girls are saying, like, I never said that. The producers, like, uh, you know, cut it so it I sounded like I said something else, which we know is possible because it's reality well, TV. It, well, yeah, and the other thing is, like, you find out, like, she also did this other show, um, Charm School. Mm-hmm. And Dallas was put back on Charm School, too. I think even, uh, who's the girl she ended up? fighting with at the end heather heather yeah they did a podcast together for a while so apparently not everything is as bad as it seems sometimes when you see it on video but i mean they still ended up having a falling out at some point but the reality is like you know i guess they made up and all this other stuff but it's, it's kind of funny uh but you know as you try to figure out like how genuine they are or even how good they are in the industry so uh, she apparently, July 8th, had come back on Facebook on her page and, like, 
just said hello to everybody and whatnot, and because I guess her friends list is full. So I don't, they don't even have any band pages. I don't think for the actual band. So I, I really don't know what's all going on with all that. But either way, I did find a track from her band, uh, time in Nocturne that I thought was pretty cool, and I'm gonna kick off our next our rock block with it. I also got some brand new stuff from Custard Flux. Happy about that new album, Oxygen. Uh, some Hollow Ship, Mad Goats, Lacuna Coil, and then we got Neko's Pick of the Week, which fits nicely in there as usual. And here we go with some Nocturne. This is called Class War, which is interesting because she talked about some of that, I think. Oh, yeah. yes. But hey, here we go. <laughs>
life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champion flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line in Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Joesburg, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
DJ Nubis and DJ Nico back with you. That was the Mad Goats with their brand new one, Hide and Seek. I kind of like that. I was that was before we came back online. I was like getting ready to say so. I like that, but you're like ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't even get to say I liked it to you, but I'm saying it now. It was kind of wild. I like. Uh, I don't know. It was. It was uh, almost felt like a satanic ritual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorta. Of. But they also have, like, things I like about bands like that or Hollow Ship before that is they got this, like, kind of classic vibe about them, even though it also has a little bit of doom and other stuff involved. Mm-hmm. But very rockish. I enjoyed the shit out of that. Uh, so now we're at your pick of the week. And uh, I think we both agree that we've both known about the song for a long time. Of course. It's not a brand new song. But then there's always, like, something that will inspire us to go back like i said you know i find old songs that i play and i'm like oh yeah that's right that's who sings it this was a case of like seeing a commercial and it being used in that commercial i think it was a visa commercial and it was like at the aquarium and the song uh, is by the moody blues it's tuesday afternoon and morning after whatever it is tuesday it's afternoon i thought We'll find out when they play, but I thought it was Tuesday afternoon. But anyway, um, so we're watching it, and it, it's like you see like the jellyfish and like the big fish swim by, and it was just like really trippy. And it I'm is like, afternoon. yeah. So like I was saying to myself, 
Like, this is the perfect aquarium song, and I bet you people listen to this song and, you know, trip balls and watch their aquarium. <laughs> Sometimes for me when I pick stuff, it is honestly just kind of like... It'd be kind of wild to be tripping balls and being at the aquarium and be like, all day just looking at fish. Exactly, and then listen to something like this. I... For me, on a hundred percent, honestly, some of these songs I pick, they're like, "Oh, this was something from my childhood, and I loved it." And this is a good song. Yeah, you know, I think period. They, they probably use this song too. One of those, you know, I, I don't know if it really is a fact or not, but you you think of like movies where you got these group of guys with guns in an elevator, and it's playing all nice, and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose. And it's it's doing like that uh, Matrix style, like with right. the bullets going really slow and like yeah, the like, camera da -da 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 -da. <laughs> I could picture that like a nice ballad type but honestly this is something enjoyable for me and it takes you back it takes me back and sometimes that's all music needs to be is enjoyable to you or I ever wonder if like Neck will ever pick a track that's like after 2000 for her pick of the week I'd be curious to see if she ever does that most have I? Not yet. Oh, I think all my stuff has kind of been classic rocked. Yeah, it's like, either been like 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s. It hasn't really gone beyond that. You know what, then? Um, I'll, I'll, I'm not sure if there's anything you like past 2000, so that could be part of it. Well, I mean, there are a lot of things that I like past 2000s, um, but this is the rock block, and most of the stuff that I like in the 2000s has been more death metal-y and... Um, Death that was pretty good, Anubis. Um, actually, I would like, you know, I like Volbeat mm. a lot. And I, and I like Ghost a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, so for me to start thinking about, like, current rock, I played that Harry Styles song. That I uh, thought sounded like the Beatles, like we, we won't count that. So that was that was just something I I did because I um just trying to challenge me. Well, not only that, but I actually was surprised that it was uh, him. Do you know what I mean? He's very 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 poppy, and it's all like up up beat up beat stuff you hear in the grocery store, and then he came out and with that song, and it's it's it was very uh I thought well thought out and different for Harry. But this week, we got, and it was trippy. I've been doing a lot of trippy songs, too. So we got another trippy song for us this week. It is the Moody Blues Tuesday Afternoon. Here we go. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. We will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow, and we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, 
DJ Neko's Pick of the Week.
This is Sky Nielsen Promotions. I offer the most affordable, effective, independent metal promotions one can find. If you've got a metal band, project, or art that you want promoted, simply search for Sky Nielsen Promotions. And you're listening to Hordes of Chaos on Metal Tavern Radio. She's in love with herself. Alright, we're back. That's right, we're back. Back for more. Closing out the Rock Black, Lacuna Coil with Claustrophobia. I like Lacuna Coil too, so there are some rock bands that I do like. I, you know, I think... Well, we've been big fans of Lacuna Coil for a long time. I, I really think that you and I just, like, we have such an eclectic taste, and then, you know, maybe just because there's just so much music out there, and we have our favorites, so... It's just crazy. Like, sometimes you'll hear something and you're like, that's triggering a memory. Or, mm. you know, I feel like my, as you were saying, like my 2000s taste has been more geared toward learning more metal. I, you know, I've always been a heavy metal fan, but I didn't know about a lot of things until I met you. And I'm happy that I did, you know? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this like the other day, like, you know, because I listen to so much stuff, you know, any given week and, you know, we're playing stuff weekly that's new and whatnot. Like, I, I fill up my iPod and my 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 phone iPod with all these bands and stuff. I'm like, you know, yeah, I'll listen to these things throughout the day while I'm working or whatever. But then I'm like thinking to myself, bands like Lacuna Coil, like, I really should. Like, their last two or three records are really, really good. And I say to myself, man, I should be listening to them more, but like I, I oftentimes find myself just kind of skipping over because I know who they are and I've been listening to them for so long. But a part of me thinks that I should just go back to my iPod and my phone and just like delete everything that I don't really listen to or like on that level. Like I like Lacuna Coil a lot. I like. I remember I like when I met you, you were like, "This is Lacuna Coil." I, I made old Sepultura yeah. a lot. And I should be listening to those bands so much more, but it's like, I, I try to familiarize myself with all these other bands that are out there, and there are some really great ones that have come out. Culture Flux, obviously, is one of them. And, and we're, we're just, part of what the goal of this, um, even though we play bigger bands like Obituary or Judas Priest at times, part, part of the goal of this is to get the new and like unknown music out right i mean mm -hmm. we're really trying to get some of the music that people may have kind of skipped over so that you can you can hear and sample it from us and know that we support them and that's part of what happens is you get so involved in listening to new music and from bands that are you know that you don't know so you're really trying to give give them a listen and, and give them their airtime. that plus like you know i don't want to be one of those people that are the old men that's stuck in the old days like you talk to some metalheads and they're like they don't know anything past 1992 you know mm -hmm. they're like yeah metal died and we're like no metal is very it's, much alive right it's been there and it's been going on and like there's a lot of new talent out there obviously and just a lot of great bands. I mean, it can be a little bit overwhelming as someone like myself and even you. Like we, you know, we constantly hear bands that sound maybe sound like some other band, 
Uh, but, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. You know, there's so much inspiration and influence that you're going to find bands that are similar in sound, and but they're still really good. Um, yeah, so anyway, enough of that. Um, so I don't know if you and I talked about this on the air. I know I talked about The Boys' series when it first came out, and I think you were still out and about at the time when I first discussed the first season. You did come back. And we watched it. Right. You actually caught up on it. I think I was doing other things, but I knew enough about it. So, uh... Yeah, remember I told you I had to rewatch like, the last couple of episodes because so much was going on? And now, because I haven't watched it in so long, I'm like, I feel like I need to rewatch <laughs> it again because they're coming with season two! Yeah, now you just need, like, a Cliff Notes to, like, yeah, Run quick, through. quick browse. Right. I don't mind re- rewatching things. You know that, especially if I like things, I'll rewatch it a hundred times. Yeah, um, but so anyway, the boys is on Amazon Prime, and they released the trailer for season two, which I'm really excited about. It's actually a very good series. Um, it's very clever. It's sort of a mix between your your Marvel stuff versus the Watchmen, and you got like just superheroes who are idolized by the humans but also like they got a dark side yeah there's a lot of corruption a lot of like evil stuff going on with and these. that's what it, it, it you're right the corruption and that it's like they're this organization so think justice league only darker yeah they're like they're this organization and they're they're beloved by the people but then when you see like what goes on behind closed still, doors yeah, still a lot of politics like if you're I think the head was, well, Elizabeth Shue's character, uh, she's no longer with us in that uh, first season, but she was the head of the company that was sort of controlling uh, the, the Seven, I think they were called, and uh, I forget the character from um, the main, uh, who's the main superhero? Oh my god, I don't know. Oh, anyway, I'll, get, I'll, I'll figure it out at some point. <laughs> this is terrible. Right, uh, gosh, what is his name? Uh, terrible. Anyway, the main leader of the the seven, um, the superhero, like he he gets used a lot as a pawn between, like if a, a certain political person isn't agreeing to do something for this particular faction seven and the woman who was running it, uh, you know, there's like hit squads put out there. Basically, Homelander. Homelander. Thank you. That's what I needed to know. And see the thing with. Um the boys is an actual comic book too and from what i've heard from people who have read it that they actually took it easy on netflix compared to the comic book and they didn't take it easy on netflix or excuse me amazon because it was pretty gruesome at times oh yeah yeah i mean that's the kind of the point that's all being made like i don't know People will argue if it's needed or not, but I think if you're really going to get that, like that opening episode with uh, Jack Quaid who plays Huey, like his girlfriend and everything, like that sets everything up. Like that's literally, you could say, yeah, you don't need all the the blood and all that stuff, but really that that is just how effective it is. I disagree. I think you need the blood. Well, I do too. And I just, you know, but I'm just saying there are people who argue that. Um, then you have other things like just it, even the topics of like the deep and uh, the girl that star plays Starlight, you know, when she first comes into the fold and, you know, he's asking for sexual favors. <laughs> yeah. 
sexual harassment within the fucking right. seven. But then it shows you again, like, she's struggling to deal with that. And the higher-ups in the company are all like, you know, well, you gotta play, you gotta play ball, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll work this out with you, but you can't be going out there accusing this, this, and this. Of course, she doesn't listen, and of course, that shakes things up. And of course, the company, in true fashion, like in our own society, tries to spin it in a positive manner. Uh, like, oh, Starlight, she's she's so outspoken. She's so strong. This is why we love her. You know, yeah. even, though, even though behind the scenes we're, like, telling you to shut your mouth and not say anything. Um, but, yeah, season two, basically, the other part we didn't get to was uh, not just for guys like Huey who lost his girlfriend because one of the superheroes actually ran through her while on drugs, basically. Yeah, superhero um, drugs. Right. Basically, you have this other guy, uh, Billy Butcher, played by Carl Urban, who I love a lot through a lot of the movies yeah, he's Carl played. Carl Urban is like... Plays um, Doctor from uh, Star Trek. He's been in The Bourne uh, Supremacy, uh, Pathfinder, uh, just so many films, and he's a really good actor, and I really like him a lot. But he's somebody who's who actually lost his wife, and of course some of the shit unfolds as the season goes along, but... Uh, he just was out for revenge and revenge. So he has like a group of guys that he works with and gets together with Huey and they all find and forge a plan to take down the, the Seven basically and expose them. Uh, it's really good. Um, if you even liked anything like The Watchmen, you'll really like this stuff because it takes it like a step further. Um, yeah, so that's that with that. Um, one of the reviews we wanted to get to uh, recently was... Guns Akimbo. Oh, you love this. Yeah. Um, you love Daniel Ratliff when he uh he's not Harry Potter. Like that's the thing. And I, I love that he's taking all of these roles that are so not Harry Potter that He's not he's unafraid to do anything. Like and it's really great. This all started after Potter ended. He jumped right into um the Hellhammer uh or hammer um stuff. Horns. For, well, Horns was something separate. That was another horn. That was really good, though. Uh, the uh, God damn, Jeff, I'm really You're drunk. having a bad day. Yes. Um, shit, it doesn't matter. Uh, so he just takes on all these different roles. Uh, horns. Um, he's done, like, uh, Imperium, where he you know, plays a guy trying to infiltrate the uh, white supremacist. Um, he's done... Uh, can't catch me or come find me or whatever it was the magician stuff he plays a really good villain in that now you see me now you see me yep bad day <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> told you i'm just drawing a blank it's a slow day for me um, maybe because we're not drinking i had one beer but yeah maybe i should be drunk more i don't know usually we're like should be more prepared too that's probably my problem we're normally like we're all witty and we're zip zam zimming zooming and Zip-a-zoo. and today we're just kind of like oh but he was doing that show too the young doctor's notebook that was really good uh with uh john ham from mad men and something helpers and again i'm fucking drawing a blank what are you talking Miracle Workers. That's what it is. I got it! <laughs> Season 2 of Miracle Workers. Oh my god. The medieval stuff. Yes. So yeah, that was really good. But here it is again. He's he's. It's not super different than a lot of other stuff that he's done. Just because the character itself is similar to the other stuff. But 
Uh, it's just funny. He plays a guy that um, basically works all day in some cubicle. It's almost like office space to a degree. Deals with the asshole boss. But when he gets home, he unwinds by fucking getting drunk and getting online and trolling, which is basically, um, what do they call Schism. It? Schism. This is a group that has somehow managed to infiltrate our media. And what they do is they get all these uh, hard-ass criminals to get on the streets and kill each other. <laughs> so they have, obviously, their sites. They broadcast this every time you get, like, uh, when the show goes live, uh, you know, they, they, they broadcast this stuff so you can basically get in there and get on their forums. And, of course, Radcliffe's character gets in there and starts talking a lot of shit about how bad it is for society and you guys are scum. And he's, like, getting drunk. He's You could see, like, the bot beer bottles are <laughs> piling up on the coffee table. But he gets a surprise because uh, somebody from the company hacks his account or hacks his computer and gets his IP and starts saying, you're a noob, and he immediately shuts it down and, like, gets kind of paranoid. But then next day, those guys show up who are from the company and they uh, knock him out and then put basically bolt on these two guns into his hand so he can't even get rid of them like and it like literally bolts through his hands. Yes. Like nails, the whole nine. It's there are guns with bolts through his hands, like it looks and he's like freaking out. So now he is now a contestant for this game that they play and one of the lead uh scorers or killers is Nix, played by Samara Weaving, and we'll get to a little bit her a little bit more later. Uh, as we have another review, it, it deals with her as well. Uh, so, yeah, she's like the the high badass here. So she's like waxing guys left and right. And she's got her own agenda of what she's trying to get to and get to the bottom of uh, with this game. But, he, you know, Radcliffe's character is forced to go out there now. He's being pursued by her. And the object is for him to kill her before she kills him. But... He's like, want no part of this. Like, he's not a killer and all that. But he can't even put his pants on because he's got two guns for hands. In oh, that's right. And he's, he's out in his bathrobe in his boxers. Yeah, and he's got his little footy slippers with the kitties. All the, the little, yeah, pop. the yeah. paws. So, he goes through the entire movie. And, like, what happens is you would think initially that because schism's so well known that this is all accepted but it's not because they're actually the police force are actually trying to shut them down so there, there's this like this hide and seek game between the schism uh runners the ones that are running this company and everything and those that are trying to take them down but obviously with everything else there's corruption and all the other stuff involved as well uh it's just really good it's got some very good humor in it gore if you like it as well uh, if you ever saw Mayhem, which is my favorite flick right now, going right now, really, um, it's got a lot of that feel to it. And Weaving's also in Mayhem, so <laughs> that's another reason why. Uh, good soundtrack. Um, yeah, we did say that about Guns Akimbo. Like, the soundtrack, every every song fits the action sequence, and I was digging it. Yeah, it was really good. So check it out. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. You can catch it out for free right now. So it's worth a check. And we're going to get back into some metal. We didn't talk about the babysitter. Are we talking about that next? Okay. Yeah, we're doing that later. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. She's, she's trying to jump ahead. Just like, you sure you haven't been drinking? No, just water. 
Uh, we're going to play some Pessimist to kick this out. It's not the U.S. band that we saw at MDF. This is from Germany, a thrash band. They're nice. very good. So here we go. Kill and Become, new stuff.
Monroe Black from Salem's Lot. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Alright, DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Back with you. That was DeVazer, the killer instinct. I kind of like that too. This is what we were talking about. Like you, you run into these bands that you discover, and you're just like, "This is so cool!" And there's so much good music out there. It's it's so. Well, the added thing with that was I had come across that a few weeks ago. This album, and uh, obviously, when I check out my list of music that I'm gonna run through, you know, I preview and all this stuff, and then. I have to kind of choose out of that group which albums I'm going to sit down with and then what I'm going to play on the podcast and whatnot. I had actually initially passed on this record uh, until Mr. Critch played it on Melomania. I played a song and I was like, hmm, I'm going to have to revisit this. <laughs> uh, revisit my thoughts. So that's the thing I like about Melomania and other shows like it and ours is that we can, you know, do these shows and then if we see something that oh yeah, I remember hearing about this band and like might have passed it up before or go back to it and find that there's actually some killer material there. It's not really to say any bands that I've passed on aren't good or anything like that. It's just that I only have so much time and space to put these bands in. So sometimes I end up adding them later on down the year or whatever, but they're one of those bands that I actually went back to after watching uh, Metalomania play a track. And that's what we love about Metalomania. We we've l- learned about so many different bands. Um, they're on tonight, Wednesday nights. So check them out starting at 8 p.m. And then of course Friday we. Friday about is the special, super special collaboration between Metal Tavern Radio. The fancy sauce. Oh, I'm really excited for you. I was watching you and Crypt while you were working. I'm gonna on look it. so bad. Why? I just know it. I don't think... I think you looked handsome. <laughs> of course you do. Oh, no. And then they were doing, like, us. And we're like, this is DJ Neko and DJ Anubis. We, I, they're going to put some of that shit in there and watch. Oh, God. We looked like such nerds. I don't know how to do any well, of that stuff. But we love being nerds, though. So that's all that They And they're so hospitable and so kind. And they have a really cool house. And it was... It was I'm just glad they live in Maryland, honestly, because... It's so nice to meet new friends, especially through the love of metal. Yep. So I want to. We're gonna get back to our other review. The last one we had, the Babysitters. I actually enjoyed this more than Guns Akimbo. Uh, I think I did too. <laughs> it's it's probably a little more simpler put in terms of plot and that probably the budget that was made for compared to the other one, but. The thing to make this work is it almost—it really has that old '80s, like silver bullet feel almost. Like yeah. It, like it, it's got like a very endearing quality about it because you're dealing with the main twelve-year-old uh, boy named Judah Lewis, played by Cole Johnson. Or no, he—he's as Cole. His name Cole. So he—he's you know he's this twelve-year-old who's kind of a loner a little bit. Got some great parents, but. Uh, he deals with like some bullying. He's a little bit of an outcast, and he's twelve and still has a babysitter, so he gets picked on. But he likes his babysitter, whose name is B, and that's being played by Smart Weaving. And the reason is that she sticks up for him. So, but 
you know, like the early in the, the movie, like, you know, he's being picked on by these three guys. Uh, she walks up and she starts trying to trash talking a little bit, insulting them. And then she, of course, she's much bigger and older than them, but she whispers to the main bully's ear and like whatever it was sent him and the others like home. He's <laughs> packing her bags like, she crazy, y'all. <laughs> so obviously she seems like this really cool chick and very beautiful, obviously. And he's all into that. Now, of course, the other thing is he has his neighbor, a younger girl around his age. That, that he's friends with. That he that really likes him. So, his parents are planning on going away for a weekend or a night or something. I think it's just the evening. And, uh, no, it was a weekend. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they, of course, say, well, you know, you're 12. You don't really need a babysitter, do you? And he's like, yeah, I think I do. <laughs> and she's hot, and he's got right. got the hots for her. And, and, they, and they do a lot of fun things together. Like, she actually engages with them and has a lot of fun. They dance, play games. Watch, uh, they set up pizza. the projector, right. and they, they were, like, doing all the acting out the movies together. Go to the pool, and, of course, he's seeing how cute she is and whatnot, so he gets his old boy feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, but what starts out is like, you know, this great, like, relationship and friendship is all of a sudden tested when she invites some friends over while he's supposed to be asleep in bed. Yeah, she's like, I'll give you a shot, and he he didn't take it because she he's not really into alcohol. Well, I think the reason for that was his neighbor girl was like, you need to stay up and watch and see what they do. Like, they have orgies and stuff. Like It's all, it's all about learning about sex. Yeah, it's, it's seeing what the older kids do when so they So he didn't up. want to fall asleep. His, his goal was not to fall asleep, so he pretended he took this, like, shot. And, of course... I think the initial thing was she had tried to drug him to make sure he'd fall asleep. Um, anyhow, he stays up and witnesses what turns out to be uh, her killing this other kid as a sacrifice to Satan because she made this pledge with Satan years ago that if she got a good life, she would sacrifice innocent people and put the blood on the book that she had while reciting these uh, verses and whatnot. So, of course, this just sends everything into chaos with him. And eventually, he tries to sneak out. She catches on that he's trying to do it. And they, they tie him up and everything. But the beautiful thing is he doesn't really act like terrified he is. But he's just more like... The first thing he says when he comes out of his like, little knockout or whatever is like the one jock dude is there with no shirt. He's like... Why is his shirt off? Like, that's his personal thing. <laughs> and what I really liked about this movie, besides just his little one-liners, is it's got that perfect, as you said, the 80s horror, like, everything's going fine until boom, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Right. Yeah, if you really read nothing about this film, you wouldn't even expect it. But it And I didn't. I went into it being like, I knew nothing about it. And he, he just heard about it on one of our Facebook horror groups that was something that needed to be watched. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, la, 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 la. I didn't even know it was a horror movie at first. And then when shit starts getting real, I'm like, oh, my God. The other thing I actually loved about it was um, the producer or the director was McGee, and he's done so many different things that we love, like Supernatural. And... Um, I was I was really pleased with how how it ended up. 
Yeah, and I've talked about it enough on Facebook and here that I'm becoming a big Samara Weaving fan. Um, sorry, Emma. Uh, it's okay. We can switch <laughs> up to her. Uh, but yeah, you know, she's really catching a lot of fire. And like, I think I told Nico the other night, like, I don't really remember on the show. I'd have to go back and watch it. But the series Ash vs. Evil Dead, she played a recurring role in that. And I can't remember which one it is. So now we have to watch it again. Right. I, I'm curious to what character she was playing in that. Uh, she was also in Picnic at Hanging Rock, which is a movie I have talked about. Um, that was co with the Virgin Suicide. Uh huh. So that was original that she did play in that. She was really fucking good in that too. I forget about that. Um, Mayhem, can't talk about that enough. You gotta see that film. I need to rewatch it because you started watching it before I was either working or doing something and then you were in the living room watching it and But we'll watch that tonight. Okay. And I I kinda got to like the middle point where shit was already hitting the fan <laughs> right. and I'm like Asking you too many questions. Well, I'm then like, it was getting late, and you had to go to bed, and you couldn't finish it. So, so I was like, "Who is this guy? What right. is what's this? What's ha- why is this happening? What it? I mean, I even though I know the end of it, I don't know like how it escalated. Right? Yeah, it's it, it's you don't have to pay attention to that close, but obviously you have to be there for the entire movie to get exactly what's going on. Um, but that's one of my favorite movies. I actually ordered that recently because I just I got to have it. Now, people have been telling me Ready or Not, Ready or Not, that's been released in 2019, is really fucking good with her in it. That's another one I need to check out at some point. I'm not going to rent it right now. But uh, that, I believe, she gets married to a guy and her family is trying to kill her or something. So it's really kind of funny. She's doing all these like crazy roles. She'll be in Bill and Ted's Face to Music movie coming out in 2020. Don't know when. Snake Eyes, she plays uh, Shannon O'Hara's Scarlet, which I'm really excited about that as well. So, what it, Snake Eyes sounds like it, is it, it's going to be like a Gone with the Wind type thing? Because that's no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> it's funny you brought that up, but no. Uh, that Snake Eyes is based off GI Joe. That that's a character in GI Joe. Oh, I'm so dumb. Scarlet is the redhead character from GI Joe. So I, whether or not you've ever seen that, I don't know. The cartoon or even the movies. Uh, I've when seen I was the movies. a kid, the cartoons. Rachel Nichols, who played in P2, which we saw, I don't know if you remember that, where she worked in a high-rise, was leaving for Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. and the security guard kidnapped her because he was a fatuator there and trying to kill her the entire night in the garage. Um, but she played the original Scarlet in the movies. Um, she, I don't think she was in the second one or not, but the first G.I. Joe, of course, with uh, a bunch of other characters, she was in that. But that's what that's based off. Snake Eyes is one of the the blind ninja, dark dude. Uh, he's so he has his own movie coming out. But yeah, you know, uh, I, shit, I forgot about Picnic or Hanging Rock. That's a really good film. It, it's eerie, just because you don't know what happened to these girls. Like it's just crazy. Like it's it's a very interesting movie. Did I see that one? I don't think you ever watched it now. But uh, worth watching and checking out. I mean, she's really starting to put together a nice portfolio of. Of movies and and TV shows, and it's only been since what two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Right. So I mean, she's and she's beautiful, and she is athletic. Like you can tell in her acting, like the action is like in her acting. You, uh, I'm trying to think what movie I. It was some chick, and I'm like, she doesn't even. 
fucking Tomb Raider, I think. I'm like, Angelique yeah, Dolly, I'm yeah. like, she's, first of all, she's 95 pounds, but, like, it, it didn't even feel believable that she was doing any of these, like, action sequences. Whereas with Samara, she puts her body into it. She looks different in every single movie. Like, she has a different look, and she takes that and really characterizes her action as well. And that's tough to do. Well, and it's amazing because if you look at, like, movies, in fact, like Hanging Rock, Guns Akimbo, Mayhem, and The Babysitter, she's doing something different in every single one of those films. Like, she just has these mannerisms. She has quick wit. Uh, whether or not that's Ablett or not, I don't know. But, like, Guns Akimbo, she played, like, a very dark character. Mm-hmm. Like, really considering, even though the movie's kind of dark, the fact that she was... She's played these, like, murderous characters before, but this was, like, a whole different level of dark, you know? She just didn't have much happiness about that. Mm-hmm. The other movies, like Babysitter and Mayhem, she was a little more quick-witted, uh, you know, kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek joking around and also being a badass, but, yeah, just, she, every role that I've seen her in has always been different, which is, to me, speaks volumes to her as an actress, and that's kind of, like, what you're looking for. So now I need to get you a Samara Weaving... Uh, poster. Yeah. Yeah. Put this shit right up in here. Put it right on the ceiling, right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, certainly check out some of those movies. Uh, certainly worthwhile. I think Babysitter's on Netflix, or it's on Shutter, I believe. Um, Mayhem probably is too. Guns Akimbo is on Amazon Prime. Ready or not, yet to rent, but I'm soon, sure that's coming soon. Picnic, I think, is that on Amazon Prime as well. That's a series. It's like a short series. So, worth the while. All right. Next block of music, I've actually got some. These are a couple new tracks by Donovan Boris and Eminesis that did this, I guess, from their own home studios or whatever, like their collaboration with the band at home. Like they can't tour or anything. So, they're just putting out these single tracks for people to get in. That's kind of fun. Yeah. So,. Uh, I was very happy about their full length from this year that's in my best of, so you'll probably be hearing about that on Friday. Uh, but this is a new track from them. It's called Cephalopodic Void. Cephalopodic. There you go. Neko's always there to correct me. When she's gone, I'm fucked. Here we go. With the light comes the end of time. Yeah. 
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find in other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you out.
Alright. DJ Neko. DJ Neko is back with you. Then I close out this motherfucker. I was just saying to DJ Anubis during the break, um, when we were listening to Amnesis, am I saying that right? I don't know, it probably correct us. I think they Emmy, correct us Emmy last Anesis. time. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I really liked that song, and it had like a little Devin Townsend flavor in there. Yeah, whether or not they're influenced at all by Devin Townsend, some of the riff arrangements and whatnot did remind me a little bit of uh, something that Devin did, but it flowed very nice. I love the song very much, and I'm not saying that you guys are copying Devin at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just, I had a, like you said, almost an influence of Devin Townsend. It felt like... Uh, it just, it had that, ah, and then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to thank everyone for tuning in for this episode. This is basically Neko's farewell tour. I know. <laughs> I probably won't back in, be back until November. I can't talk with these things sometimes. <laughs> I just got Invisalign. It's only day eight, and yeah. But I probably will not be back until November, which is... But that's why it's important for me to do this and keep her busy and entertained and all you for entertaining us with your listening and whatnot. So we appreciate we do. the support. And I'm going to miss, like, doing this and I'm going to miss being home and I'm going to miss, like... But when she gets back, she's going to be like, all right, it's podcast time. It's podcast. Let's do, like, 12. Right. I'm hoping. This is, this is my dream, honestly. So I still have a lot of vacation time because... Like MDF got canceled, and you know, just shit gets canceled, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm hoping it rolls into November a little bit later, and then I can parlay this since I was gone. Take for, the entire month. Yeah, off. take the rest of the year off. That would be beautiful. We'll see. We'll see. We'll even see how like COVID shakes this out because I'm supposed to be going to France, and um, we don't even know if we can go into France, like. Yeah, that's going to be interesting how all this plays out. We'll see. <laughs> but we wish her luck and safe journey, of course. Thank you. Safe. What do they say? Safe safe travels. Safe travels. Make your, may your, uh, may your ship be... I don't know. I forgot the whole... There's like a whole poem you're supposed to say before you, you go out on a ship and I'm the worst sailor because I can't remember it. <laughs> What's the Hunger Games thing? <laughs> Maybe odds being your favor. Yeah, maybe the odds <laughs> being your favor. Actually, the odds are going to be in my favor unless there's a lot of hurricanes this year. Honestly, we're going to be out of the Atlantic. Um, I don't think they usually hit this time of year. Yeah, this is, this is, you know. During summer it is, but. We're going to be gearing into it. So once we, once we get moving around. Um, well, luckily for you, your ships are like, yeah, we see some storms come. We're just going to float on Yeah, we're going to go over way. here. Honestly, though, like, our first little uh, leg of it is going to be, when I say fast, it's, it's 40 days, but like. It's it's kind of fast for like as big as this system is. So hopefully we will be out of the way of any bad weather. We'll get to France and we'll get back into the middle of the Atlantic and then we'll be back and I'll be back by, you know, October 30th, as they say. Yeah. All right. Well, we got one track left from you. Uh, Leprophiliac Toxic Waste Dilution. Dilution. And again, appreciate y'all for tuning in. See y'all later. Bye.